This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. We should change this, uh, the host name to Mush Brain because that's what I got right now. Brain is mush, boys. But I'm back. <clears throat> We're back. We're live. We're back. A lot to talk about with, uh, with uh, all the events that I have missed, essentially. And then uh, we'll get to the, you know, I did pick them. So we'll do that. And then, then the Bell Tours this weekend, I actually watched that. There's a boxing match. We watched that. Uh, let's see. I was in Disneyland. Or whoop, excuse me. Nope. My wife has corrected me a million times. I was in Disney World. Disneyland is in California. Disney World is in Florida. I flew out. I'm sure I've I, 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 I talked about it. Listen, I've talked about it with you guys about my great time. Okay. I it's exhausting. You walk a million miles. You there's a million people. It's hot. I don't love the state of Florida. Sorry, Devin. I like Devin a lot. He's from Florida. I don't love the state of Florida. I've been to several cities. Never been to Miami. I believe that's where Devin's from. Never been to Miami, but I've been to several cities. Don't love it. I'm not I'm not a, a beachy guy. I like going on vacation like for like a week to a beach, but I'm not like a tropical climate kind of guy. I'd much rather live in Alaska in a hut than live in Florida. Um, I would honest to God, choose that over living in the state of Florida, but, um, it was fun. It was a good time. Um, the little one went absolutely berserk. She had such a good time. My wife had a good time. My wife, first time for me, I'd never been there before. Awesome time. Right. Um, in-laws were great. You know, they, you know, they were amazing and accommodating. We, you know, we, we did we we did as much as we could, right? It was it was a really good time. Now I can sit here and bore you with a million stories about what I saw, and what happened. I mean, I've I could do it all. I can sit here and tell you about how cute my daughter is and how much fun we had and all that stuff. I'm gonna save it for you, right? I know I always go personal. I'm gonna save it for you. We got a lot to talk about. However, I will talk about the one incident. So I had to fly home early. I had my mom got a little sick. I'm a mommy's boy. It scared me a little bit. She Facetimed me on Wednesday. Uh, pretty upset. Talk about going to the hospital. She had uh, a, leg, a leg infection. So I flew home. Just me, the, the the my little one and my wife stayed back with the in-laws. Thankfully, they were there because if they weren't there, I, I wasn't sure what we were going to do. But the in-laws obviously were there. They bumped up their flight. That way, my wife could have help on Saturday um, when they were flying back. So I left Thursday morning <clears throat> to go to the airport, flew home to be with my mom. Happy to report she's doing okay. Everything's all right. She's got on antibiotics and and everything's starting to sort each other out. I just talked to her right before I got on here. She's doing better, right? Out out of the hospital, out of the doctor's stuff, and uh, you know, um, she's doing okay. She's doing all right. So that's happy to report. But you know, flying back by myself, I'm not a great flyer. I've never flown by myself, right? I'm an adult, you know. I'm like I can do it. I'm not a great flyer. It's only an hour and a half flight. No big deal. I, uh, you know, they do these things now where if you buy a ticket, you don't get assigned a seat to the gate, right? It, they cost extra for you to pick your seat, which, which you got to love. So on the way down there, Wi-Fi and the baby, we all had different tickets. Obviously one of us has to be next to our, our child. She's, she's two years old. So they put my wife and her next to each other and we try to switch with a lady and she's like, no, your husband's in a middle seat. I'm not switching to a middle seat. Fine. Okay. No big deal. So on the way back, same situation, ticket, a sign at the gate. They're like, oh, you get comfort. Oh, great. Comfort. Cool. I sit down. I look. I go, oh, shit, that's a middle seat, too. So I rode middle seat on the way there. 
next to Skip Bayless's brother. This guy was a Southern. He looked like Skip Bayless, swear, um, wearing like a seersucker jacket, like country guy. Looked like Skip Bayless's brother. Uh, sat next to me with some other fucking dweeb on the way there. That wasn't a big deal, right? I'm a big guy. I'm in the middle. You know, I'm taking up. You know, I'm, ta- I'm taking up most of the room here. <clears throat> on the way back, on the way home on Thursday, when I flew by myself, I get on. I get on there and I look down, and there's this giant guy in the aisle. I'm, 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 listen, like I'm six two two seventy, right? 275 on a bad day on a bad weekend this guy had to have been 66 475 i'm not even kidding you guys he was a big man he made me feel like my daughter i see down the aisle as i'm boarding a plane and i go oh my god please don't let me be next to this guy sure as shit 11 e's right there and i go hey buddy i'm i'm right next to you and he huffs he gets up he's got to get up right the guy who's got the window seats already there i go you know sorry whatever sit next to him i'm crammed in there the dweeb next to me is a skinny little guy crammed in there right put my headphones on listen to anna California podcast i'm i'm fucking i'm cruising right this guy's got his the guy the big guy next to me he's got his bose headphones on he's taking up all the fucking room i mean it's not his fault he's he's, he's enormous so I'm like real scrunched in there and like my fucking, my balls are starting to get pretty scrunched up here. They're starting to get hot. And I go, you know what? You know, and this guy's snapping at people, right? So he's, he's, he's huffing and puffing at people. He's fucking, the stewardess was like, hey, you got to put your tray table up. He like was like, what's the big deal? Like guy wasn't, seemed like the, he looked like a mean dude too. I don't know personally, you know, shout out to him, but he looked like a mean guy, right? In his statue, I'm sure he's uncomfortable, whatever. So the fucking dweeb next to me who was sitting next to me at the gate, he pissed before we got on the plane. It's an hour and a half flight. He pissed before we got on the plane. About an hour in or about 45 minutes in, he goes, hey, man, I got to go to the bathroom. So I got to tell fucking Shrek here that he's got to get up because this guy's got to piss. So I go, hey, he's got to go to the bathroom. And he get, oh, huffs and puffs and gets up. Blah, blah. Guy walks to the bathroom. <clears throat> and then I got kind of, you know, with me, I got a little bit of a, <clears throat> a little bit of an anger issue. I don't, a lot of my conflicts, a lot of my confrontations is, is the way people speak to me and the people act to me. If I'm showing you respect, I, I kind of expect it back, right? I'm never, if I snap at you <clears throat> and you snap back at me, then that's what it is. Cause I started that. But if you're going to give me some shit, <clears throat> then I'm going to get a little upset. So I start getting kind of mad. This guy's huffing and puffing. I don't have to pee. I'm a grown man. I don't have to piss every five seconds. Like this little baby does. So he comes back down. We all sit down. And then I just made him, I made up my mind. I'm like, you know what? I've been crammed in this fucking middle seat. This dweeb next to me is pissing every five seconds. This enormous Andre the Giant is taking up. You know what? I fucking alphaed him. I spread my legs like uh, Sharon Stone in that movie. Oh boy. If I had a dress on, if I was a woman, I had a dress on my pussy be hanging out. I had my legs spread. I'm getting comfortable enough. My balls need to breathe. Homeboy next to me, the little dweeb, he just kind of angled off. I mean, he's about 100 pounds. The big ogre motherfucker, his whole left leg was in the aisle. Like, he didn't say nothing. His whole left leg was in the aisle. Like, luckily, the drinks were already served because his leg would have got taken off by that fucking drink cart. And that's all. I just was like, fuck this. I'm not going to get crowded anymore with this huffing, puffing bastard. So then we get off the plane. The guy's fucking, I, I get caught behind him. He's blocking the aisle. Everyone's like, hey, I got to get my luggage. He don't give a shit. He didn't take off his headphones once. 
So I follow him up the ramp and I get stuck behind. He's enormous. I get stuck behind him. And uh, I just, I, he barely can walk. Like, how's this guy getting around? I don't know if he's from Cincinnati or not. He might have had a layover or whatever. How could this guy walk? You know, he would bear. I mean, how does he get around? It, it was crazy. That's the only story I want to share. I'm not going to get into the details about how amazing my daughter was, but it was an awesome trip. If you, if you, if you are like me and you don't like tropical climates and you don't like it hot, I don't do great in the heat and you know, it's expensive and there's crowds. I don't really like crowds either. I'm a grumpy, I'm a grumpy old man. If you have a little daughter, son, kids, multiple kids, and you have the means, it's awesome. Cause their face, I got a million pictures, their face, the way their faces, it, it's amazing. Okay. So we got two events to get through, two UFC events, and then there was a Bellator Saturday night, also boxing. So we'll start with least, least important, right? And then we'll work our way up. So least important was Sean Porter versus Errol Spence. I believe both guys are from Ohio. If I'm, uh, if I'm, I know Sean Porter's from Ohio. I think it was a battle of Ohio. If I'm, uh, if I remember correctly, let's, let's, uh, let's check, uh, let's check Wikipedia here. Huh? Okay. Yep, Cleveland for Sean. Mr. Sean Porter, which I knew that. I thought Errol Spence was uh, from Ohio, too. I could be completely wrong on that. Okay, he's from Long Island, New York. I was way wrong. Okay, so Sean Porter was right. Anyway, I'm a fan of Errol Spence. You know, I'm more of a Terrence Crawford guy. I watch a lot of the big boxing matches. I did not order this. I streamed it illegally. Shout out. Um, Good fight, right? Errol Spence is, is a technician. Really powerful, really strong, uh, really good boxer. Sean Porter um, is a good boxer as well, is, is a little more wild. So that he made it more interesting than Errol Spence's previous fights. Errol Spence usually doesn't take a lot of chances. He's very defensive-minded. Very, very solid fighter. I don't think he's ever lost, right? Yeah, he's got no losses. Um, I essentially watched it to see who's going to fight Terrence Crawford. I'm a Terrence Crawford guy. I want Terrence Crawford to fight Pacquiao. I want him to fight them all. But Errol Spence will be a nice little uh, fight for Terrence Crawford. That'd be awesome. So Errol Spence won, split decision, which I thought it should have probably been unanimous. He dropped Porter once early in the, I think, third or fourth round, fifth round maybe. And then uh, it was fairly even. Sean, Sean Porter got a little wild there, but uh, I thought er- Errol Spence uh, won that fight. So that's least important. But I did stay up and watch that on Saturday night. Let's go to second least important. Um, I watched Bellator. It was It was a pretty good card, right? Um, they're doing the uh, they're doing the featherweight Grand Prix tournament, whatever. It was it was like kind of their bigger show. I don't know why the main event was Gegard Musashi versus Leo Machida. It should have been Patricio versus Juan Archuleta. That's for the title. They're letting a guy who owns a is a five round fight. Why is that not the main event? That kind of threw me off a little bit. Gegard Musashi is not a champion anymore. Leo Machida not a champion. Um, but, you know, I was disappointed in that fight. Lito Machida and Gegard Mousasi kind of stuck a little bit. Uh, didn't love that fight. It was a split decision. Gegard won. His post-fight where he's calling out uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. on he put, saying he's on steroids. Sh- calling everyone out. Saying, if I don't knock this guy, I'll retire. I promise you. His post-fight was better than the fight. Um, and then Patricio Pitbull against Juan Archuleta. I've never been a fan of Pitbull. Either of the, the, either of the brothers. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't think they're that good or I've never thought they were that good. I've, I've watched a lot of their fights. You know, I was really surprised that uh, Patricio knocked out Michael Chandler. I know Michael Chandler's got a little bit of a chin problem. Still surprised he knocked him out the way he did early in the in that fight. You know, Patricio is the uh, champ champ. He's got 55 and 45. Juan Archuleta trains out with TJ Dillashaw. I've heard a lot about the guy before. He's like 23 and three. He's a bantamweight, right? He's fighting at 145. The first minute 
first, well, let's say the first three minutes of that fight, when I saw Juan Archuleta's um, game plan, I knew he was going to lose. He has great cardio. He's faster. He's a little bit faster than Patricio. He's not as strong. He's not as powerful, but he's faster and he can push a pace. He's in great shape. All pre-fight, all he kept saying was, I'm going to push the pace. He just danced around. He wouldn't engage. He didn't do anything, right? Kind of a lackluster fight. I didn't like that fight as well. Um, and then, uh, the, I mean, the really only redeeming quality of that night was AJ McKean knocked out uh, Georgie Tekertani. I don't know, some Armenian dude, I believe. Uh, AJ McKee is the real deal. I like AJ McKee. Um, I think he needs to be fighting in the UFC. Hopefully, when Bellator comes, it's contract time for AJ McKee. He, he you know, you can chase the money, right? <clears throat> I've said this before on the podcast. I don't mind guys chasing the money and getting paid. Ryan Bader is getting paid a lot of money, right? Benson Henderson is getting paid a lot of money. He fought as well. He fought Miles Jury, stinker of a fight. He fought on Friday in Dublin. James Gallagher fought as well. Um, won by uh, won by submission, 35 seconds in, but he fought a nobody. Um, I don't mind fighters taking the money, right? Because you got to get paid. You're putting a lot on the line. You're putting your whole fucking body on the line, your mind, your whole life. AJ McKee's young enough. He's 24, 25. If Bellator comes out and writes checks, that's fine. And But I want him to get paid, paid. If not, take less money and go to the UFC because your product's going to be worth more if you are the best. Ryan Bader wasn't the best in the UFC. Goes about to where he's the best now. Now he's talking about how he wants to fight Daniel Cormier. Well, you're the one who signed with Bellator. That's not going to happen. Benson Henderson, right? Was the best at one point in the UFC. Kind of had a, a struggle later in his career. They let him go. He signed up with a bunch of money to Bellator. It's kind of been up and down to Bellator. He's also kind of calling people out. Michael Chandler's done the same thing. AJ McKee, I'm advising you. You don't. You probably listen to the podcast. You and your father do. Unless they're writing millies, unless they're putting countless zeros down, really consider contract time and going to the UFC. Because I think in the long term, at 145, you're prop, you're a big tall kid. You're probably gonna grow out of 45. You're gonna go to 55. That's the premier division in the UFC. That's where guys get paid right now. Could be Nagamadoff's getting paid, Conor McGregor's getting paid. If you're that good and you believe yourself in yourself that much and you're that talented, which I think AJ McKee can be, walk away from the guaranteed money unless it's Millie's and sign with the UFC and eventually get Millie's because UFC is not going to come to the table and offer you Millie's right away. They're going to come to the table. Okay, you did some good things, but you're not in the UFC, right? That's how people view it. That's how I view it. AJ McKee is the future of Bellator's 145-pound division. He's going to make it to the finals of the tournament. Uh, you know, Pitbull, again, I, I, I'm i not a good judge of character with Pitbull because I just said I don't think he's that good. He continues to prove me wrong. I don't know what it is about him. What I, And I've watched him fight. Like, pretty much every time he fights, I've watched. I don't understand why I can't wrap my head around that, that he is as talented as he is. I don't know. My brain's broken, right? I don't understand it. So that's my advice for AJ McKee. By the way, um, I have nothing planned for the show, right? I, I'm squeezing it in. Because uh, my brain's on UFC 243. I already printed those off. I'm going over my picks. I haven't gambled in two weeks. I didn't get the gamble on the Mexico card or uh, Denmark. UFC 243 this weekend in Melbourne, Australia. I'm going to be putting a lot of shackles down. I'm going to be doing the pick them with Devin. That's later this week. 
So this show, I scrambled together. My wife has to work a little bit later. I got home from work a little earlier. I jump on. I was like, I got to talk to the people. I got to put this out. So there's no structure to the show. I have not. I usually have notes, believe it or not. I know I go off on tangents and shit. Typically, I have notes of shit to talk about. I got nothing. I'm recapping what we just watched. So if you're thinking like, this guy's just kind of fucking saying nothing, I apologize. My brain's mush. I just got back from uh, Disney World. And then I'm dealing with a, a family thing, which we already went over. And uh, I'm back at work now. First day back at work after having a week off. It's, you know, that always fucks with you. So I apologize. This, this show's not as, not as tight. It's not as tight as a, a, a normal show. But uh, yeah. All right. So let's go over UFC Mexico City. Um, and then we'll do Denmark. Um, that's Copenhagen. I say Denmark. I don't want to say Copenhagen. All right. So I went four and six on a night. Not great. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I phoned these picks in. I took a picture, put on Twitter. I did not do a uh, pick on podcast to this fight for these, this card at all. The only fight I was going to do, I was going to do a video of the uh, the Stevenson and the Yair fight. That's when I, The reason I couldn't do it is because that's when I found out my mom was, was having problems with her leg or whatever. It started before we left, so then I had to kind of be with her for a little bit. So I didn't have time to make the video and edit it. It takes me a little bit to edit it. Anyway. Uh, that was the only fight that I was I I was really worth worth a damn to me, right? Um, I watched the entire card because I mean it's on. I'm gonna watch it. I'm a UFC fan, but I didn't love it, right? I didn't love the card. So uh, first fight of the night, Claudia Pulis versus Marshall Moreno. Claudia Pulis dominated Moreno. I have no idea how Moreno is in the UFC. Could be Mariano. Um, he's a good striker. Kind of looks like a smaller Anderson Silva, but Pulis just took him down every. Every chance he got, it was a complete domination. Uh, Sajar Eubanks was Betts Cohera. Sajar Eubanks lost. I got this fight wrong. I'm surprised by that. Betts Cohera cashed at a plus 225 underdog. I'm not a fan of Betts. I, I think she's really sloppy. I think she's flat-footed. I don't think she moves her head. I don't think she's all that talented. She won a decision over Sajar Eubanks, who I think is very talented. I think Sajar is mean and tough, and uh, she didn't get the nod on this one, which... Um, actually really surprising to me because i really thought i mean shajar eubanks would, would have been probably my lock in the night i don't know if i gave a lock in the night on this card but uh she probably would have been um up there um you know women you, that's why you never been in women's fights if you're gonna take anything away from this podcast from your boy i don't know everything right i'm wrong right i went four and six on this card right but never put a lot of money on a woman fight because you don't know what you're gonna get now you can win big sure because a, a plus 225 underdog can win, I would say that's a decent-sized bet right there, but you just never know what you're going to get with these women, man. It's tough. That's not a knock on women. It's 2019, guys. That's not a knock on women. All right, next up, Vincent Moreo versus Paul Craig. Paul Craig cashed his underdog at plus 100. I uh, I missed this fight as well. Paul Craig completely dominated Vincent Moreo. I don't know what he was doing in there, right? He just, he just looked sloppy. Craig finished him, I think, in the second round. TKO, maybe it was the first round TKO. Um, really piss poor for performance by Vincent Moreto. Uh, but yeah, Paul Craig looked good. Paul Craig was been, he's been fighting for his, his job for a while and he, he rebounds really well. I should have probably factored that in when I picked, he was an underdog as well, which is nice, but seems like whenever his back's against the wall, uh, he fucking comes out. Paul Craig, Ooh, Scotland, um, Sergio Pettit versus Tyson Nam. I went on a limb <clears throat> with Tyson Nam. I thought he's a big, strong, powerful dude. I thought he was a good striker. Sergio Pettis coming up to 135. He's a smaller guy. Uh, Pettis has been knocked out before. He's been hurt before. He is a stand-up guy as well. I didn't think Pettis would probably... If he if he was going to take it to the ground, it was just going to maybe win some rounds. 
Um, this fight primarily took a place on the feet, and, and Sergio Pettis just outclassed him. Tyson Nam does have a lot of losses on the record. I just figured big, bigger, stronger, hits harder, probably can catch uh, catch Sergio Pettis. He was a decent size underdog, got a plus two seventy. Took a shot, missed it. You know what is it? You you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You know what I mean? Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Scott, whatever that quote is from the Office. So I took a shot, missed it. But uh, I still, if you, if I'm the way I'm looking at this, I'm never taking Sergio Pettis at a minus three sixty. I'm just not doing it. I know he's got some good wins. And he's very talented, and and I could be underrating him, but minus three sixty is crazy to me for him against anybody. Uh, next up, Angela Hill versus uh, Irina Kamensky. Uh, Angela Hill was a favorite in this. I got this one right. She landed a huge elbow. Very violent fight. Very aggressive fight. Big elbow. Cut. Not that big of a cut. It was probably maybe not even a quarter of the size of Tyson Fury's cut, and they stopped the fight. Mexico City, I don't know if they have their own athletic commission down there. If the UFC brings the doctors, I'm not really sure how that works. But, um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you always err on the side of caution when 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 you're with uh, fighters. But, yeah, um, I don't know if that cut was 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 deemed enough to, to stop the fight. All right, next up, you got Polo Reyes versus Kyle Nelson. All over Kyle Nelson, minus 120. He completely dominated Polo Reyes, knocked him out. Good win for the Canadian guy. Uh, next up, you have Carlos Hasin versus Jose Alberto Quinos. Uh, There's another dog pick I picked. I picked Hasin. He lost. He's a plus 115 underdog. Pretty close fight, but Quinos is just it was just better, stronger, powerful, um, more technical. Um, yeah, so I missed two dogs right there. That one, uh, that one hurts. Uh, Martin Bravo versus Steven Peterson. That was a pick and fight. I picked Bravo. He got slapped by a, a spinning back fist knockout. I'm talking slapped. Don't know if the guy woke up yet. I mean, it was pretty awesome. I like Steven Peterson. Steven Peterson's a tough dude. He's got a good chin. Every fight he's in is pretty exciting. I don't love his skill set, if I'm being honest with you. I think, you know, he's going to run into problems with guys who, who are much more technical than him. But he does have some, obviously has some power. He's got some good strikes. And he's got he's tough as nails, right? You're not going to get him out of there easy. And uh, he proved that against Martin Bravo. Um, I, I was confident in that Bravo pick, and uh, Steven Peterson slept him. So, Irene Adana versus uh, Vanessa Melo. Irene Adana uh, won that fight. I missed this fight. Actually, I did not see this fight. Um, Irene was a minus 550 favorite. I was probably packing or something during this. She was a 550 favorite, and uh, she got she got business done. Next up, you got Ascar Ascar versus Brandon Moreno. That's ending in a draw. I picked Ascar. Um, he's a minus 160 favorite. I do, however, think Brandon Moreno won this fight. Scoring in a draw, <clears throat> it's whatever, right? No guys get a, a fight loss on a record. They get a draw. I do think Moreno won, though. I think he was more active off his back. I think he hurt him on the feet. You know, some of the, the first round was fairly close. I thought Moreno won two and three. It was a close fight. <clears throat> if Moreno would have lost, I would have I would have been like that was probably a robbery. However, since it ended in a draw, you know, but I do think Moreno won that fight, and I didn't have that. A lot, I know a lot of people loved him at the under at plus one thirty, so they're probably pretty pissed I didn't get swing their way. Uh, Carlos Barza versus Alexa Grasso. I pick Grasso. I'm always on Carla Sparza. She's always the underdog. I always go, listen, she's she's really good. She's better than people expect. I think Grasso won. I picked Grasso. She lost. She lost a very close split decision. Carla won the first round. Second round was close. Third round was all Grasso. Third round, I thought, was a 10-8. Grasso hurt Sparza on the feet and then almost fucking broke her elbow. I'm pretty sure she did break her goddamn elbow. So I'm really surprised the third wasn't a 10-8. 
And uh, yeah, but um, kind of weird here. Um, you know, Grasso had the, had the hometown cooking, and um, she didn't get it done. So, and then the main event, we all know what happened. The finger poke uh, ended the main event, which was very. I mean, I literally am crawling, crawling to whatever time. It was like ten something, but I gotta be up at four a.m. on Sunday, so I'm like barely keep my eyes open. And I find I'm like, okay, Brian, sit up. Here's the main event. This can't miss, right? It's going to be a good main event. 15 seconds in, I poke. The minute Jeremy Stevens, like his muscles were tense, like like sun was in his eyes, and he couldn't open either eye, I go, oh, we got a problem here. And I got a lot of opinions on this. Um, first one right off the gate, Yaya Rodriguez, I don't think he'll ever be one of my guys. The way he handled this, the way he acted the way he has continued to act, I think is, is pretty disrespectful to Jeremy Stevens. I'm not a Stevens guy and I'm definitely not one of those guys that go, you got to respect all martial artists and bow and none of that shit. I'm not like that. I like trash talking. I like when dudes are fucking fired up and I don't, you know, I like what, you know, what Khabib did, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with it. I understand why it was such a problem, but there was so much bad blood leading up to that. Khabib hopped in the crowd. I thought it was a gangster fucking move. If I'm being honest with you. So I'm not above that. However, Jeremy Stevens has like 32 fights in the UFC. Rarely, rarely pulls out of any fight with injury pre-fight, right? He's in there. He paid 30K or more. He's been in Mexico City for over a month. He spent $30,000 for his training camp to get acclimated and all that shit. You really think a guy who has 32 fights, who spent 30K on training camp, Who's probably only making eighty to hundred k to to show, and then another to win. You think he's gonna not continue to fight because of an eye poke? That you know what I mean? You think he's making it up? The guy couldn't open his eye. I have a lot of respect for Jeremy Stevens. I think he's he's a tough dude. I think he's a legit guy. The eye poke looked like a swiping motion. A lot of people came out and said, "Oh, he probably scratched his cornea." Herb Dean was great. Herb Dean was absolutely excellent. He gave, he was telling the doctors, let his eyes spasm, give him a minute. He's giving Jeremy everything, gave him a towel. He did everything to keep that main event going, right? Jeremy Stevens didn't poke himself in the eye. Jeremy Stevens was not lying. Like, this is so different from what Todd Duffy, Todd Duffy stood there breathing heavy with his nose bleeding and was like, just give me a minute. With his eyes wide open, he didn't blink. He didn't touch his eye after the initial contact. And then he just kept saying, I keep seeing double. Jeremy just said, oh, he got me good. Give me a minute. And Herb did everything. And then they tried to open his eye. And they couldn't open his eye because it was spasming me because of the swipe. So they call a fight. Mexico City fans are dumping stuff in the cage. Okay, you know, whatever. They're upset. They paid money. They're drunk. Okay, that's going to happen. Fucking Yair's cheering them on to do it. Which, eh. Ortega and Cain Velasquez are calling Stevens like a puto or something. Like a bitch or a pussy. I don't speak Spanish. Ortega in, in, in uh, you know, Ortega's obviously has Mexican heritage as well as Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez, that that surprises me because I feel like Cain Velasquez probably is a little more respectful than that. Brian Ortega and Jeremy Stevens have been back and forth online before. Um, they don't have the best history. I don't mind Ortega chanting along. I mean, he was fired up. He wanted to fight. My biggest problem is how Yair reacted. He celebrated like he won. 
there's a video of them pushing each other afterwards because he went up and was like, you know, and said some shit to him. Like, I don't like that shit. I'm glad they booked this quickly in Boston for the 18th. I'm glad it's it, they rebooked it really quickly because this fight needs to happen because it's got a lot of heat now. But come on, Yair. Come on, man. You think Jeremy Stevens is going to quit? You think you think he's just going to make it up? Yair's like, oh, I landed three kicks in 15 seconds. That's why you quit. Bro, no. Come on. You're delusional. This is the same guy that got cut because he refused to fight someone. He got brought back. Still hasn't fought that person. I like Yair's talent. I just think the way he handled himself was was pretty pathetic, if I'm being honest with you, right? Conor McGregor gets thrown on the bus for how bad of a guy he is. If Conor McGregor pokes someone in the eye, the fight had to get stopped, Conor McGregor would not act like that. Conor McGregor had been like, you know what? We'll rematch it. Sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Yair acted like a complete idiot. Now, he gets a little bit of slack from me because you're in Mexico City. You want a main event in front of your home crowd or whatever. I get that. It sucks at the end. We all were devastated. But don't act like that because that's a, such a piece of shit move, right? So Yair's on my piece of shit list, right? I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating October 18th for the rematch um, because I think this will be really good. And uh, yeah, that's Mexico City, right? I love Fitzgerald got under the fucking cage. Like, Yair snapped at Michael Bisming and like, yo, get off me. Don't touch me. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're 145 pounds. You know, Michael Bisming, if he wanted to, he could still handle himself. I know Michael Bisming can't see out of one eye, but this is a guy who's been affected by eye trauma. He knows. Michael Bisming called it perfectly. He knows Jamie Stevens is not going to quit. Fitzgerald gets under the cage because they're throwing beer. Like, what, is, what do you think he was? The, you think they were throwing hammers? Like, what are, you, what are you afraid to get wet? Like, Bisming stood up and was like trying to block some shit and was like, what are you guys doing? Fitzgerald gets under the fucking table. <laughs> the desk, like, bro, they're not throwing wrenches. It's beer. It's plastic cups. They don't serve glass bottles in in arenas. I mean, you, there might have been somebody that snuck something in that could have got you, but come on, man. What a bitch move by Fitzgerald. I don't know who's a bigger bitch, Yair or, or Fitzgerald. Probably Yair, the way he acted. Because you're a professional fighter, and you should know better than anybody that Jeremy Stevens probably isn't going to quit on a main event. You know what I mean? It was, I mean, come on. But Fitzgerald getting under the fucking desk like that, that's pretty bitch made right there. Okay. So that was UFC Mexico City. Um, again, didn't love it. Didn't love the card. Main event kind of ended the way it did. So it is what it is. Now, Denmark, I was very excited about. Denmark, I watched half of it in the airport because I was, I was very excited to pick up my girls. I didn't see, I've never been away from my daughter for more than a couple hours. I spent two nights away from her. Thursday and Friday night, I was very eager to get to the airport to pick them up. Their flight got in around 12. I was there at like 10.45. So I watched a lot of the fights there. I missed some fights because I was driving home and whatnot. Watched the rest at home. So again, the Denmark, I went five and seven on my picks. But not great, right? So two back-to-back cards where I went under 500. Good thing that I didn't bet any of these, right? Because I'm going to be betting heavy. I'm due. I'm due for some fucking wins, guys. Due for some win, boys. Every time. This is not Denmark related. Every time I bet one of my guys, Don Madge and Justin Gaethje, both one of my guys, I put hefty, a hefty, hefty number on them. I won. Izzy, Israel Adesanya's a pick right now. He's a minus 115, so it's Rob Redeker. So, I got to bet my guy, right? So, I'm going to put a nice little, nice little pretty penny on that. So, uh, spoiler alert, when Devin and I pick, I'm going to pick Israel Adesanya. So, I don't know who Devin's going to pick. I haven't talked to him about it. Um, I know he's a fan of Adesanya too, but 
listen, spoiler, if you if you want to save some time, I'm going to break down the fight. I'm going to break it down thoroughly because, again, I'm, I'm super psyched for this card. I'm picking on Sonya, okay? I'm going to be putting my bet in probably, I think, Thursday. Maybe I'll drive down to the casino and put that in. Okay. So UFC Denmark went 5-7. and seven, Not great. First fight of the night. Nolan, well, yeah, Nolan Hernandez was Jack Shore. Heard a lot about Jack Shore. He looked good. Nolan Hernandez, tough guy. Jack Shore, okay stand-up. A little, little rough. A little, obviously, he's a grappler. Comes from, I think they said traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the only difference is, is Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a lot more like positioning and stuff. Japanese jiu-jitsu is a lot more aggressive with like, chokes and, and stuff like that. So he's got both backgrounds. I think he's a black belt in both. Um, his jab looked really well. Nolan Hernandez, a big, uh, big for the weight class, pretty strong kid. Hits hard, but Jack Shore didn't really take much damage. Took the fight to the ground. Did like a weird side neck choke. Tapped him out. Uh, good win from Jack Shore. He was at a minus 140. I thought that was a really good price. Thought he'd be higher than that. And uh, he looked good. I got to say, this card, I was like dead on, but like with opposites. And this is a perfect fight for it. Mark, Mark DeCasey versus Lando Venata. I picked Venata. He closed as an underdog. I thought he was going to come out there, do some crazy stuff, right? And then take the fight to the ground. And it was actually DeCasey that did that. DeCasey came out, opened up with some huge calf kicks, fucked up Lando's leg. Lando didn't land much on the feet. DeCasey didn't really land much on the feet, but DeCasey started taking the fight over by taking him to the ground. I also said DeCasey, he slows down in fights, didn't gas at all. Dominant Lando from bell to bell, in my opinion. I thought he destroyed him. I thought he fought a really smart fight, didn't put himself in any danger. Lando didn't get any of his crazy offense off. I had this fight right. I just had it switched. I had Lando doing everything to Casey did. So do I get like a moral victory for that? Probably not. No, but I got that wrong. I did pick Lando. I thought Lando was a better fighter at the time, but the Casey came out and really, uh, really stuck to a good game plan and, and took away a lot of Lando's weapons because, you know, he's pretty unorthodox. So um, one of my biggest regrets is we'll talk about it. C.R. Bazaar versus uh, Ishmael Nardiv. Um, I remember Ishmael now. Um, if you listen to the, the Pick'em podcast, I said I remember him. Devin and I picked this uh, picked Ishmael on a card recently when he fought Chase Rencounter, and uh, Devin was uh, on chance, and I picked Ishmael. I thought Ishmael was I think he's the Austrian Wonder Boy if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm if I'm memory serves. Good grappler, really talented kid. For whatever reason, he broke my brain, and I couldn't remember him. Um, and I took Sahar as an underdog, and I was very confident in that pick. And Sahar just got completely dismantled, destroyed, and uh, looked really old in there. Looked really old, looked really slow, looked like maybe shouldn't be fighting the UFC much longer. Ishmael looked really good, top to bottom. Uh, really perfect performance for Ishmael. I'm, uh, I'm very upset that I got the fight wrong. I'm also very upset that I didn't remember Ishmael because I've been on that guy's side for a little bit, and a couple of times he's fought, and uh, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I, I, you know, I had a lot going on. Disneyland world. Fuck Disney world. I can't say land. My wife will taser me if I keep saying land Disney world. Um, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm sorry. And, uh, this fight actually was the co-main event. This is actually was lower on the card. This got bumped up to the co-main event. So we'll go over it now. Marco Madsen versus Danilo Bellardio. Madsen was a huge favorite, completely dominated Olympic, Silver medalist for Denmark, grappling, uh, wrestling, all that. Took the fight to the ground, just completely destroyed. Um, listen, Denmark, they need stars, right? Uh, I, I did not realize Nicholas Darby was from Denmark. That was an oversight by my part. Um, I thought he was English, but he represents Denmark as well. 
Martin Campman was a guy who came from Denmark. He was big. I think he was in, uh, I think Martin Campman was in Marco Matson's corner uh, for this fight. And Mark, uh, Mark looked really good. He's going to be someone to watch at lightweight. I tell you, he's big, strong, tough. You know, when, when you get these wrestlers, man, they're just a different breed, right? I think, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he he looked good. He looked good. I think I think he's ready to swim with some of the big boys, right? I think maybe give him some right outside the top 15 who's been in the top 15 before and then slowly put him in because, I mean, I know Denmark's not a big country, but Europeans will gather around a, a European champion, right? Not all European champions have to come from fucking England, right? They can come from other countries. Mark Campman never fought for the title, I don't think, and he, he was pretty close, so he's highly ranked. Um, but they, you know, Denmark's due for a guy. They got two, Nicholas Darby. I don't know if he'd ever fight for a title per se, but uh, yeah, Marco Matson completely destroyed. Very impressed with this guy. You know, when when you get these guys that are that grappling base and that just fucking, you know, they they uh, just it's tough. It's tough. Speaking about Nicholas Darby, he fought Alex Oliveira next. Uh, I got this fight right. Uh, underdog plus one fifty. He won a split decision, I think, maybe unanimous. I can't remember. Very close fight. A fight how I, I kind of predicted this fight how exactly would go. Um, Darby was going to have a little bit of trouble in the beginning with, with Oliveira because Oliveira is very strong and has good striking. He's very powerful. People doubt his power because he fought most of his career at 55. Now he's at 70. And he's not the biggest guy at 70. He's kind of long and lanky, but he is strong. Darby had just pressure, 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 pressure. Got him down, beat him up, uh, got switched a couple times or sweeped a couple times, got put on his back. Uh, Darby wanted this. He looked in great shape. He's got a fucking concrete head. He looked really good. I like Nicholas Darby. I don't think he should have got cut. I know he lost three in a row, but I, it's almost kind of like he, I'm glad he got cut because now he's he won three in a row. Now four in a row, we're getting a UFC win against a really solid dude. Cow, Cowboy Lavera's fought some top top guys. Um, I really wish I would, I was really confident in that fight. I wish I would have put um some money on that fight at um <clears throat> excuse me plus one fifty for Nicholas Darby. Um, he's a tough out for guys at 170. He's just he's a hard matchup. Uh, next up, uh, Alessio Alessio Dachigio versus Magomed Murdov. Uh, I got this fight wrong. Uh, right, excuse me, another underdog pick at plus 120. Magomed fought Alessio Dachigio. Uh, close fight. Um, both guys were brawling and out. I don't love Dachigio style, although this was a very entertaining fight. Both guys built the same. Uh, Magomed's a little taller. Dachigio's a little more beefier. Uh, Magomed took some big shots in that third round. He gave some big shots. Really entertaining fight. I was actually surprised but both guys could take as, as well as they can because they're, they're both big middleweights that are cracking. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, Magomed, it was his, I believe his UFC debut. I liked his record. I liked his style. Not overly impressed with Dechikio. That's two now that he's lost. Um, Magomed got a big win there. And uh, yep. So this is a surprise tonight right here. This is this is upset city. Macy Chassazian versus Lena Landsberg. Lena Landsberg won that fight. I missed this fight. This was the fight I was driving home for. Macy Chassazian. Chassazian? I can't, I, Macy. Let's just say that because I don't want to embarrass myself trying to pronounce her last name. Ultimate Fighter winner. Should be at 45 for some reason. It's fighting at 50 or 35, excuse me. Should be at 145. Lena Landsberg, this is twice now. Back to back fights where she was a big underdog. I believe I got her at plus 200 last time she fought. Plus 300 is what I had her at. A, you know, she probably closed a little less than that. Big win for her. Uh, I, didn't, I haven't seen this fight yet. I, I don't know how it went down. I don't know um, exactly if it was closer or whatever. I just know Lena Landsberg won. And, uh, that's uh that's pretty crazy. All right, so disappointment in the night. So that was the shock of the night, disappointment in the night. Khalil Roundtree versus Ion Kutuloba. Uh Clear Roundtree is a guy who I watched live throw his baseball bat for shins 
um, on Eric Anders. Now, Eric Anders is a guy who I don't think is all that great, right? He stands right in front of you. It's okay. Ion Cotolaba is good at gas every time he fights. He's big. He's powerful. He's strong. Clear Roundtree went in and just kind of like, it was almost like he didn't take it seriously. He was very casual. He was very relaxed. Cotolaba's a fucking killer in that first round. A killer. Like, he almost killed Glover Texera, and Glover Texera came back because Ion gassed. Dude's got a chin. He's big. He's powerfully strong. Um, I wish Khalil just maybe came out with a little bit more of a game plan. He got overwhelmed really quick. I feel like when you're fighting Kutulaba, that's what you got to expect. You got to expect a guy, this guy going to come out crazy. I mean, he screamed in your face at the weigh-ins. He's coming out fucking hungry. He painted himself green a couple times at weigh-ins, right? He's coming out charging. I wish Khalil, and it could just be... I can't imagine it caught him by surprise because if you watch any tape on this guy, this is what this guy does. I feel like he might have been just a little too relaxed. He got tossed to the ground. He threw kicks, got his kicks caught. Um, you know, Khalil just didn't adjust very well, right? And and obviously he looked, he didn't look great on the ground. Got finished on the ground. Got finished early in the first round. Disappointment on the night for me because I'm a clear round tree guy. I like Khalil. I think he has very, uh, he has a lot of talent. Kutalaba has talent as well. Um, I you know, I don't know. I don't know. I was very confident in Khalil Roundtree to win this fight, if I'm being honest with you. Um, Kutalaba's a guy who I like, but I don't love. I think he's a little wild. I think he gasses. I think he's powerful in the first couple minutes. And then once you get through that, you'll be all right. But man. Manhandled Khalil Roundtree. So that was my disappointment tonight. All right. Um, next up, you got... Uh, Excuse me, I got the mic here. Alan Amadeski versus John Phillips. John Phillips, a guy who I think I pretty much trashed on the Pick'em podcast. I said that he shouldn't be fighting UFC and all this and blah, blah, blah. Well, he shut me up because he went out and knocked the guy out in fucking matter of seconds. Under a minute, I think, right? Big left hand, finished up on the ground. Listen, do that every fight, guy. When you're in there with another guy, Jack Marshman, when you should have done that or should have at least been aggressive, be aggressive and then we'll be okay. So that was a big win for John Phillips. I mean, there's not much more to say about that fight. Big left hook, finished him on the ground. Uh, Amadeski, you know, doesn't, you know, I don't know what he was doing in there. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. But um, yeah, that wasn't the way I would have thought that. All right, next up, uh, Ovin St. Prue versus Michael I'm not going to even try to pronounce that name again. Big underdog play for your boy. I'm very proud of this pick. Just, I got to hear the money sign, even though I didn't gamble. I should have gambled. I had fucking three underdog picks in this card. Three. Three of them. Whew, I, I would have been a, night, a rich man if I would have bet it. Anyway, Oven St. Peru, I almost predicted this fight the way it was going to go. Uh, Michelle, the, the, the Polish man, he's a good striker. He works to the body, digs to the head. He's got a good left hook. We, he's a little loose though, right? He's not big for 205. A little chunky. Obviously, he doesn't cut weight. Now, you can't always judge a book by its cover, but this guy's never gone into the second round in the UFC, I don't believe. And I've never seen him go like, you know, he knocks you out or whatever. Ovin St. Prue came out and got dominated in the first round. Had me worried. Took some big shots, was taking some big body shots, kind of got dropped a little bit, got up, but he was very relaxed, kept his hands out, kind of was pawing, was throwing some kicks. The minute this hit to the ground, he set up the Von Prue choke. I'm not calling it Jason Von Flew. I'm not saying Von Flew. That fucking dork from the Ultimate Fighter, he's not getting the name anymore. It's the Von Prue, as in Oven St. Prue, Von Prue choke. That's his fourth time getting it. Michelle, um, 
The Polish man just didn't even, didn't even try to defend it. He just gave up. He was gassed. He's like, oh, fuck. I can't knock this guy out. Okay, I'll give up. Kind of how I broke it down, boys. Plus 200, underdog, cashed. That's that's everyone collectively. That If you're listening to this, that's everyone tipping their caps to me. You got to make that noise. Tip your cap to me. Plus 200. Boom. I didn't see a lot of experts, a lot of handicappers, a lot of sharps. I didn't see a lot of them picking over St. Pru. Didn't see a lot of them picking them. And I didn't say pick them because I'm like, oh, I need an underdog. I'll pick over St. Pru. No, no, no. I was pretty confident in the pick, boys. Pretty confident in the pick. Now we move on to a fight that I got wrong. Gunny Nelson versus Gilbert Burns. Man. This is, again, this is a flip-flopper. I thought it was a bad matchup for Gilbert Burns and Gunny had the advantage, but it was actually the opposite. It was a bad matchup for Gunnar Nelson and Gilbert Burns had the advantage. I got to give Gilbert Burns a little bit more respect. I got to put a little more respect on that name because uh, at 170, he could be a problem. He's very strong. He's good. He has better takedowns than I thought. Um, striking is okay. He does have power. A little wild, a little loose. I think he can be hit a little bit, which I don't love. But he had himself really well against Gunnar Nelson, who just he just outgrappled Gunnar. He bullied him, bullied him. And Gunnar's not a big 170, but man, um, you know, I wasn't super confident in that pick. I like Gunnar at plus 100. Um, but Gilbert Burns, man, took in this fight on short notice at 170, went three hard rounds, won a decision. Um, wants the fight in like a week or so or two weeks against Brandon Allen, I think at 85. So Gilbert Burns, man, you gotta keep a you gotta keep a lookout for this dude. I, I like that he's not cutting weight anymore. He's obviously got energy. Um, you know, he's obviously it's helping him with his chin. You know, I know Gunner, you know, isn't a huge knockout puncher, but man, Gilbert Burns is is doing the damn thing. All right, man event time. Jack Hermanson versus Jared Cannonier. Um I, I flip-flop back and forth on this. I picked Jack Hermanson because I thought he was a better I thought he would get him submission-wise. I thought he could maybe withstand. He has decent striking. I thought he could out maybe outland on the feet. He was maybe a little bit quicker than Cannonier. Work the fight to the ground or, or, or force Cannonier to shoot and then maybe lock up a choke. That's how I envision the fight going. Um, Cannonier, man, this guy's a fucking problem. He's also crazy, right, with the crystals, and he says he can control the universe. I like him, right? He scares me with the fucking with the pose that he does and shit. But listen, I, I mean, how could you not be happy for this guy, right? Fought at heavyweight, lost, cut to 205, won a couple, but got knocked out. From Alaska, moved his whole family from Alaska to Arizona to train at MMA Lab with Benson Henderson and John Crouch and all those guys and get Shred City at 185. Beefy boy at 185. 3-0 at 185 against some fucking tough dudes. Jacker Manson's not an easy out for anybody. Jacker Manson destroyed Jacaray. So I don't, you know, Cannoneer could be one of those guys. It's just a bad matchup for everybody. I, you know, I, I'm happy for Jenny Cannoneer. I'm I'm mad that I got the fight wrong. Cannoneer was almost a 2-1 underdog. He's a plus 190. Um, I oversalt that. I, I you know, I, I thought, I just, I, I told you how I thought the fight was going to go. Obviously, didn't go that way. Cannoneer picked him apart on the feet, threw some big kicks, Kind of had Hermanson a little worried about everything, right? I think once Hermanson, who's been knocked out before, he's been stopped before, felt Cannoneer's kicks and felt his power and felt that pressure, I felt like he wilted a little bit and then he he got dropped with that uppercut and then finished on the ground. And Hermanson's got great ground and pound and he got ground and pound in this fight. And uh, man, that was it was that was that an awesome performance of Jared Cannoneer. He's a problem. He's a problem at 185, I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of shook some things up because Manson was on a fucking roll boys. So that was Denmark. I like Denmark. I liked the Denmark card. I thought it'd be good. I know there wasn't like giant names and 
A lot of people was calling it like a, a one fight uh, card with the main event or whatever, but I like it. Speaking about 185, let's break down 185 real quick. Okay. So Jack Hermanson is still number five, which that's obviously going to change. Cannoneers are number nine. So they haven't updated them yet. Cannoneers is going to move up. Who should Cannoneer fight? Listen, I'm looking at the, the rankings now. Obviously, Whitaker and Adesanya one and two. Uh, with being champs we'll, we'll get that figured out this weekend paulo costa beat yo romero paulo costa sitting at number two um paulo costa and janet canonier i know it might be a little premature costa i think has said he's not going to take a fight unless it's with the champ i know adesanya has been wanting to fight costa for a while so that makes sense that they fight um but canonier versus you know gaslam's fighting till Cannonier versus Jacare, but Jacare said something about he's not fighting. No, that was that was before he lost. That's right. He lost his last fight. He said that before he lost his last fight. Who did he, who did he lose to? Oh, it was Jack Hermanson. That's right. Yeah. He said before the Jack Hermanson fight, they stay, they guarantee the UFC, as in they, they guaranteed him a title shot if he takes this fight and wins. Well, he lost. Jack Ray's getting a little up there. I don't know. Wyman's still number seven, even though he's at 205. Derek Brunson Cannonier be very interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, there's a lot of guys at 85 now. God, Edmund Shabazi is at number 14. That's a little crazy. Antonio Carlos Jr. is at number 13. Ian Heinish at number 10. Uriah Hall at number 11. What's going on at middleweight, right? Uriah Hall just won. Okay, Ian Heinish just lost. Antonio Carlos Jr. just lost. Why are these guys in the top 15? I know we got other 185ers out there. I just can't think of them. But yeah, so Cannonier, I'm looking at, he's at nine. I mean, it, it, he should switch with Hermanson, right? Wyman's at seven. He's no longer in division. Derek Brunson's coming off a pretty good win. Derek Brunson should go to seven. Hermanson should go to six. And uh, Cannonier should go to five. And then you got Kelvin Gaslam, Yo Romero, Paula Casa. Yo Romero, Cannonier be interesting as well. I'm really interested to see what happens at 185. So, um, yeah, so that was Denmark. That's the show. Oh, well, that's not the show. Well, maybe 50 minutes again. I got nothing planned guys. I got nothing to talk about besides the recap. It's just like a recap show. I just want to touch base with you guys, give you my thoughts on these goddamn shows that I've been missing now that I'm back that I'm in. Oh, Coven, uh, <clears throat> here's some news that I only have to look up. Covington Usman finally got signed. Thankfully. Um, obviously the reports were that Covington didn't get the, Offer he won it, and then Usman wanted to fight Jorge, but Jorge already accepted Nate. It's very confusing. I know Usman has said multiple times he wants to fight in MSG in November. Now it's pushed back to December 14th. That December 14th card looks fucking insane. Three title fights on that. God damn. Um, yeah, so um, Usman versus Covington. Usman's my guy. I like Usman. There's a, there's some shit going on with his manager, Ali Adabiz. Something I read on Twitter where people are suing him or going after him or something because of the way he negotiates or something. There's some kind of fraud thing going on with him. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Could be making that up, but there's something going on with Ali. So, uh, and apparently Ali and Usman were on the outs. So hopefully that's not the case. But, I mean, if it is, whatever. Um, but the holdup was obviously Covington wanted, to, wanted more money than do it. Hopefully they paid these guys. This is the fight that needs to happen um, they both don't like each other. Colby's got tremendous heat. Usman just won against Woodley. You know, time to make it happen. Time to make it happen. Um, you know, and Colby, I know he's not technically, but he's still carrying around that fucking belt. Never lost the belt. Still the interim champion, technically. Um, so, yeah, this makes the most sense. Um, Usman's my guy, so I'm going to go with Usman. But it, it's going to be interesting because if you're breaking down a fight, Colby has the better cardio. 
Usman, I think, has the more power. Stand-up, I think, you know, Colby puts punches together. It's not the cleanest stand-up, but it's effective. It's like a Diaz. It's like pity-patter. Works the body, and then right when you start kind of trying to counter back, he shoots on your legs. It's very effective for Colby. His cardio is ridiculous. It's bar none, one of the best in the UFC. Kamar Usman has shown really good cardio, too, but Kamar Usman is a bigger 170. He's a bigger, stronger guy. Colby's a smaller 170. Then you got the wrestling. Who's better wrestling, right? Usman's been able to dominate everybody in wrestling. Tyron Willie, everybody, right? Colby's been doing that as well. We've never seen either of the guys off uh, wrestle defensively. We've only seen them coming forward wrestling offensively. I've never seen Kamar Usman stuff a shot. I don't think I've ever seen Colby Covington. They always are pressing forward. It's going to be a really interesting fight to see what happens here. If I'm leaning towards anybody, I think Usman would have the better wrestling because he's a little bit bigger, stronger. Um, I don't know about his credentials. If he has better credentials wrestling, I don't think that matters in MMA. I think Usman has better positioning. I think Colby likes scrambles more. Um, if he takes you down, he doesn't really necessarily hold you down. He, he wants you to get back up to get you tired. Usman's going to take you down and hold you down. Um, Colby is good in the scrambles, but we've never seen him off his back. We've never seen Usman off his back. It's going to be a fucking war, boys. I'm very excited. I, you know, I'm going with Usman. I don't know what the lines are yet. Obviously, Usman's one of my guys. I, I'm going to support my guy, but it's an interesting fight, man. It's an interesting fucking fight. It's very... Uh, very interesting. Can't wait for that fight. Okay, so that was that. Oh, and then another thing. Ty- Tyron Woodley. I don't know if he said this in an interview with like MMA Junkie or maybe he said he did the uh, the food truck thing with Brandon Schaub. I haven't watched yet, but he said, every day I'm a nightmare for Kamar Usman. Huh? Bro, you got dominated. You didn't win a round in that fight. What are you talking about, dude? Like... Tyron Woodley is a guy that was a champion for a while. He got to go to do the TMZ shit. He got to have his little rap career. I think he probably did some TV shows and movies. He's a good-looking dude. He's feeling himself a little too much. Like, you're 35, 36 maybe. You got dominated by Usman. You haven't fought since then. I agree with him that he maybe should have got an immediate title match because he, he defended the belt so many times. He didn't, okay? Because the division, the way it shook out, you got a lot of a lot of up-and-coming guys. But what? You're a nightmare for Usman every day? Huh? Bro, you didn't win a round. Win a fight. Win a round. Do something before you make a claim like that. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. All right, what else we got? So I'm on MMA Junkie now. Let's just see what else we can talk about before we go. Oh, I got the fucking pinwheel thing here on my computer. What are you doing, computer? Ah. Um, yeah, there's not much. It's Monday morning, guys. There's not going to be a ton. Maybe Devin and I will will, will cover uh, cover a little bit if we miss anything. Holly Holmes out of UFC 243 against Rockout Pennington. Um, she heard something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's about it, man. I know there's probably some stuff on Twitter. I need to start liking more on Twitter and going through my Twitter likes because I'll see something on Twitter and I'm like, oh, I, need, I want to talk about it on the podcast or I want to disagree with it or whatever I want to do. And then I don't like it and then I just forget about it because I read so much shit on Twitter. Um, yep, that's about it. Okay, so we'll wrap the show. That's it. Just a recap show here, boys. Kept you on an hour. Uh, well, I'll be back later this week. Break Full breakdown of UFC 243. Very excited for that card. Hopefully you guys are too. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. I am home now. Back to normal. 
Again, follow me on uh, Instagram, MMA Takes Podcast on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, MMA Takes. And uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter more than, than I'm on Instagram, but hopefully we'll change that a little bit. I'll have a video out this week as well, one of my pick videos, and then uh, full pickums Friday with my guy, Devin. All right, boys and girls, I'll talk to you later. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. He will roll you Baby, don't you know My heat will move your soul Come on, come on, come on, come on Love me today Love me tomorrow Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. Feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?